Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 838. I'm going to steal this from a famous phrase, just do it. That's my, um, just do it. If, if you think you can do it or you want to try it, do it. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Lewis Ferguson. Hey, Lewis, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Let's kick it. I'm ready to go. All right. Lewis Ferguson is the Education Program Director at the World of Speed Museum in Wilsonville, Oregon. Regular listeners of Cars Yow remember I had David Schaefer, the museum's director, and Ron Hughley, the curator on Cars Yow, back in December of 2015. The museum encompasses many aspects of motorsports, including drag racing, road racing, land, speed racing, motorcycles, open-wheel cars, NASCAR, and they even have hydroplanes. Lewis oversees the museum's program designed for students. They team up with high schools to teach children the fundamentals of automobiles by allowing them to work on cars. They earn high school and college credits and learn very valuable hands-on experiences. Lewis's goal is to introduce the next generation to opportunities in the automotive industry. I applaud you for that. So, Lewis, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment share a little bit more about your career and an obvious passion for automobiles? Sure, absolutely. I am born and raised in Charleston, West Virginia, so I am definitely a transplant. My voice usually gives that away to people, so I thought I'd just... <laughs> Get that out of the way right off the bat. There you go. I was raised the son of two teachers, so education was kind of a natural. I did not come into it naturally, but we'll get into that later. I really um, went to school for art. I was going to be a photographer, graphic artist, and then I found a museum. I thought, well, that'll be a fun kind of summer job. You know, just kind of do it while I'm in college. I kind of fell in love with it. Yeah. I um, really liked the whole role of informal education, getting people involved with art or science or automobiles, anything. Kind of grew from there, uh, transferred to a two, couple of different museums in Charleston. A couple of years ago, I thought, you've lived in West Virginia, oh, uh, 40 plus years, we'll just say that. If you ever want to change, if you ever want to move, try something new, this is the time to do it. So I packed everything in a car, we moved out to Oregon, and I've been here ever since. Yeah, I started working at the Oregon Museum of Science and Industry, OMZ, which was great. But I kept seeing this job opening for education director at World of Speed. So I thought, what is World of Speed? Let's investigate. So I came out and visited, fell in love with the place. The stories it told about cars, the automobiles that were on display, the passion I saw in the volunteers and the staff. And I thought, yeah, this is the place for me. So I started working here in 2015 and have been here ever since. Well, it's an awesome story. You and I share a little bit of a background. I studied graphic design advertising in school and business and ended up working in the advertising field for years, did a lot of photography, still do a lot of photography, graphic design, creative marketing things. You took a different turn, which is really cool. And I love the fact that you're passionate about teaching people things and especially students because the automotive industry is a little challenged right now and, and also a lot of, uh, I would say, blue-collar industry, people doing hands-on work, kind of a, a Dirty Jobs TV show comes to mind, is also challenged right, right now with uh, kids thinking they have to go to college, they have to get a liberal arts degree, and then they get out and they've got nothing to do because they've got this degree that's pretty much worthless. So I love the fact of what you're doing. I love the museum. I, I'm very 
aware of the museum. That place is great. So you're definitely having some fun. And we're going to learn a lot more about that as we continue on your journey. But first, I'd love for you to share a mantra or a success quote with me. So, Lewis, take the wheel. All right. My, I think my favorite mantra slash quote is, if you can dream it, you can do it mm. by Walt Disney. Oh, yeah. I just love the idea that anything that pops into your head, if you've got the passion, you've got the drive, you can make it happen. You know, whether it's a career, um, getting kids inspired about working with cars, anything that you dream, you can make happen if you put enough work and effort behind it. Yeah, well, Walt Disney, boy, there's a guy that really did make some things happen. So give me one example of how you've taken that mantra, that concept that Disney was so kind to share with us, and applied it to what you do every day. Um, I guess probably just uh, reimagining programs. Um, when the building was first opened, we had these automotive lifts. So you, our building used to be a car dealership long ago. Uh, so we had these lifts in place in these bays. And with our founders, we kind of imagined what would it be like to have classes taking place again. You know, so many high schools in Oregon now, I think out of the 500, there are 40 that offer automotive education. What would it take to kind of reimagine how that's done, not in a school setting, but in a nonprofit, in a museum? How could we make that happen? So from that little dream, a lot of work went into it, a lot of great partners with our local community college and things, but we made it happen. And we started with a class of 22 kids back in 2015, and it has really grown. So again, just that little idea, that little spark of this would be really cool if enough work behind it, enough dedicated people. We've got it happening right now. Yeah, it's it's really fabulous. And it's great that you had the museum behind you to help you do that, give you the tools to make that happen. Very, very exciting stuff. Well, let's go back in time and talk about a story that instigated your personal passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were a car guy? Well, that's kind of a tricky question. I don't know that I consider myself a car guy, but I love cars. You know, I couldn't quote like different statistics and things, but my guess my story would be when I realized how much I really like cars and appreciate them and would be high school. My best friend got a 65 candy apple red Mustang convertible. Oh, nice. And that was just, for lack of a better word, the sexiest car I'd ever seen. It was just cool. It was slick. It just... I mean, that was freedom. And when you're when you're 16 years old and you're just getting your license, that's the dream. Yeah. You know, he was a year ahead of me. He had this car, and that was the moment I realized, hey, that's cool. I want that. <laughs> I want that car. You know, I want I want to be able to drive. I want to be able to. It, it symbolized freedom, I guess you could say. Right. Being able to get away, get out, and do things, and I. That's when I realized that that. That, that is something special. That's something I wanted in my life. Yeah. So I guess it's no coincidence that the photograph you sent me that I'm going to use on your Cars Yeah show notes page, you're standing in front of a GT500 Cobra Mustang with a big smile on your face. So uh, you're still enjoying Mustangs. Out, yeah. <laughs> I thought so. Yeah, I always have loved them. My first car, well, we'll get into that later, but yeah. I've, I've owned a Mustang before and love that car. Yeah. So it's yeah, they've always been sort of a special thing for me. Yeah, I've had a Mustang too. I had a 66 Fastback. So, uh, yeah, they are very, very ah. cool. Nice. And mine was a, a GT350. It was a clone. It was a fakie do, as Keith Martin would call it, but it was a really nicely done car. So I still kind of miss that car to this day. It just, it brought so many smiles to people's faces. It introduced 
introduced me to so many interesting people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really, really fun cards. Well, Lewis, let's head down some roads of your life here and talk about a big challenge or a big failure that you faced along the way. But of course, the most important part of these lessons are what do they teach us? So walk us through one of yours and kind of tell us how you came out of that on the good side. Wow. Okay. Yeah. This was um, first off when I was thinking about this, I thought that's that's a challenge, and it's not a challenge to come up with something that's you know because I've had so few failures. There are just so many to pick from. <laughs> well, good for yeah. you. <laughs> um, but really, I think one of the biggest challenges I had was um, in a museum I worked at before had this great president and CEO that I worked with for years. We knew each other. You could read each other's minds. And he left. He took another job. So we had another CEO president come in totally wanted to change everything, Mm. totally flipped me out, freaked me out. I was still very young at the time, hadn't been through any big transitions like that, kind of wanted to be the rebel for a while and just kind of gave her a hard time, probably not the best employee. Once I started actually listening to her and having a little bit of patience Mm -hmm. and just seeing what her vision was, uh, we ended up bonding and she actually ended up being one of my mentors. I actually communicate with her very regularly. Just talked to her this week about the job I'm doing right now. So I think just having a little bit of patience and listening to the person and trying to understand where they're coming from and figuring out how we could get there together really helped me. And like I said, she's been one of the most valuable resources I've ever had in my life. So we, we've become really good friends after all that. You know, this is an awesome story that you've shared here because for Many people, change is one of the hardest things to go through. I've heard this from so many people. So I'd love for you to share with any listener out there who's challenged with this right now. And it doesn't have to be even with work. It could be with a family situation. It could be with friends. It could be environment, whatever. What's the biggest takeaway? And I think you already shared it a little bit, but I'll let you reiterate it. What's the biggest takeaway lesson for you that you could offer someone else if they're going through a similar situation? Take a breath. (laughs) Just take a breath for just a minute. I mean, it's threatening. It's, you know, it's scary. Change is the only thing that's inevitable, but it's, it's scary. Um, even if it's going to be positive in the long run, it it immediately is a turnoff for a lot of people. So have patience. Just hang in there. Maybe it's not for you, but you're never going to know unless you hang in have patience and give it a try. You might end up with something even better in the end. Well, that's why your story is so great. And another word you used there was to listen. I love that. Stop and take a breath and then really listen and try to open up your mind and broaden your horizons a bit because most of the time, change is good. It's almost always for the better. So awesome story you shared there. Let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love to hear a real aha moment. You alluded to one when you realized, what's this world of speed place? I want to check this out. Or when you packed your bags and came out west to Oregon, like the old Oregon Trail. Uh, Maybe you weren't in a wagon train. You were in something a little faster. But uh, it felt like it. Yeah, I'll I'll bet. I'll bet. (laughs) It was a Nissan Versa. So. Oh, well, okay. Well, yeah, (laughs) that's okay. It wasn't quite that Mustang. Tell us about your aha moment. Well, um, like you said, there were a few aha moments. The first time I walked into World of Speed and really opened my eyes to some of the stories behind cars, and especially the history in the Pacific Northwest, or coming out to Oregon for the first time, it's, just, it's a bit of a culture shock moving from West Virginia to Portland. Mm-hmm. Portland is a weird place. I really love it. I fit right in, but it was a, a big change. I think for me, probably my biggest aha moment 
was when I decided on my career. I didn't know it at the time, but I was doing some guest services at the first museum I worked for in Charleston, West Virginia, Sunrise Museum. And I was mainly front desk greeter. I was kind of interested in maybe the business side of things, but uh, we had an education person who got really sick. She got laryngitis and she was supposed to do a workshop. Well, they came to me and said, hey, Lewis, would you be able to teach this workshop? And I was really flattered. I was like, wow, um, you think I can do it? Well, we don't know. You just have a really loud voice. <laughs> okay, well, thanks for that vote of confidence. You know what? I'm going to show you. Yeah. Yes, I will do that. Uh... In the middle of the workshop, this little kid just looks at me and she's like, oh, I understand. I understand what you're saying. And I'm like, yeah, you do. All right. <laughs> I was like, this is good. Yes. I like this. And the more I saw that look on kids' faces, like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm actually teaching you something that you're going to use later on, and you're, you're getting it. I just fell in love with teaching, even in an informal setting. Actually, I prefer that, no classroom. But um, just you know, being able to get that across to people, whether it's a science concept, something automotive-related, making that connection and getting them to realize, whoa, I can do this now. Yeah. You know, I've, you empower them, enable them to do something on their own. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely fantastic. You know, Sir Richard Branson, the very successful businessman, um, there's a great quote that you see flying around out there, and it says, seize an opportunity, even if you don't know how to do it, and figure out how to do it later. And it sounds like that's what happened so to you. Yeah. It's just, you know, if somebody offers you an opportunity, even if you've never done it, just say, okay, I'll give that a try. And at the very worst, you'll learn a good lesson about what you might not be very skilled that you know what that's that is like you said that is absolutely valuable um we have some kids who go through the automotive program here and they learn this is not what i want to do i I love cars i want to be maybe an enthusiast a collector at some point but i don't want to do this as a career and i'm like you know what you just saved yourself a couple years of expense and experience in college now or a community college or whatever. Sometimes it is just as valuable to know what I don't want to do as what I do. Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah. this is a great segue to my next question, and that is a proudest career or business moment. I've got to think that you've had many of these because you've changed a lot of children's lives. You've opened their minds to all sorts of things. But is there one that stands out you'd share? Uh, um, that is a hard one. Um, and this is not bragging, but there have just been so many great experiences, um, largely due to the people I've influenced, how they've reacted. But um, I think welcoming our first class to the Automotive Learning Center here at World of Speed, because there was a lot of work that had to go into making this happen. Dual credit opportunity for students, getting a community college. I'm not qualified to teach the automotive, so finding a good partner that could do it, you know, help us with that. And actually seeing those kids walk through the door, and it all became reality. That was a really, really proud moment for me, and for the museum overall. But just seeing that come to life and seeing the kids that it's going to affect uh, really, really was a great experience. Oh, no doubt. There's nothing better than being a mentor, a teacher, and helping people improve. I mean, it's just an incredible feeling. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and go back in time and talk about your first really special car. You mentioned that buddy of yours, Mustang, but what was your first really special car? My first special car, well, okay, this is going to sound weird, but I did have a Saturn SL1. Oh, the old Saturn. Yeah, it was the first car I bought myself, so I really loved it. Mm -hmm. But my first car, very first car that my parents did help me buy, thank you, Mom and Dad, was a 78, little baby blue 78 Mustang. Oh, you ended up with a Mustang. That's cool. I did. I did. It was my first car. Loved that car. 
great to tool around in. So it was, I mean, and it was my first car too. So it was great to give friends. Of course, you can only give one friend a ride at a time, although we did fit two people and it's long. Anyway, sorry, <laughs> mom and dad, you didn't know that on your insurance. No, but, let's uh, forget that one. <laughs> yeah, but it was, I mean, it was just so cool to have that, to own it. And it was an experience I'll never forget. Yeah. The first time I stepped into that car and drove it. Yeah, what fun, what fun. Well, how about Seller's Remorse? Is there a vehicle you've owned that you've let go that you really wish you had back? So many of my cars I have driven, and I haven't had that many, but driven until they are falling apart. <laughs> Good for um, you. <laughs> no, I mean, really, you know, I use them. Probably that little car, the yeah. 78 Mustang. It was really special, and I didn't, it, like so many things, you don't realize it at the time. Mm-hmm. So when you sell it, it's kind of like, oh, well, that's kind of sad. And then years later, you're like, man, you see one like it or you see one at a car show that reminds you of it. And you're like, why did I get rid of that? Yeah. Why did I sell that car? I would, I'd really love to have the opportunity to get that car or something you know, similar back again. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we all have those stories, so I understand. Well, let's talk about what you're doing there at the museum. I would love for you to share with our listeners all the different programs you have involved, what you do, how you help these people uh, progress or move into a career that they might love or maybe realize they don't like. But uh, tell us all about the program. All right. Well, the biggest one, the one we've been talking about, is the uh, Automotive Learning Center. And it's a real partnership between uh, World of Speed, Clackamas Community College, which is our local community college here in uh, Clackamas County, and uh, local school districts. So World of Speed provides all the tools and equipment, um, also a lot of the cars that students work on and the bays and the classrooms. Clackamas provides us the teachers and the curriculum. And then, of course, without the school districts, we wouldn't have any of the kids, so they provide those. The students do earn college and high school credit, and they take three different classes with us through the year. So it's just been really great to watch that grow. We went from that original class of 22 I mentioned to now we serve over 130 kids on a regular basis. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I know. Ten different high schools come here, and none of these schools have the ability to do this at their school. Uh, They don't have the resources or they don't have the equipment. Once an automotive program leaves a high school, it's really rare for it to come back because they are not cheap. There's a lot that goes into it, too. So we've had a lot of great help from our partners, people who donate cars to us and things. So the students are able to work on those and their own cars, too, parent cars. Parents can bring cars in for an oil change. So it's been a great program, and we're starting back in just a little while, and it will continue for hopefully many years to come. Are the students working on both older cars and newer cars? I mean, they learn how to fix carburetors, but also reading monitors at OBDs and... Good question. Good question. It's a combination, mainly the newer stuff, because we're trying to kind of give them an idea of what they'll probably be working on if they go work at a dealership or Mm -hmm. in a shop. So we try to stick with 96 or newer. However, it is a real treat when we roll in a 63 Cadillac we had this past year. Friends of our founders are just like, hey, do you think the kids want to work on this? I'm like, I don't even have to ask the instructors <laughs> yes. And the kids were just nuts for it. They Even during break time, they wanted to just go sit in the car because yeah. you don't get to see that. You don't get to work on that. So it was a, not only a great learning experience, it was just really fun for them to do that. Yeah. Wow. It, it sounds fantastic. It is. And another thing we do um, is our STEM-based summer camps, so science, technology, engineering, and math. These are for younger kids, grades K through, uh, we do go up to 12, but mainly K-8. And we just had a camp recently on engines. 
So we had younger kids, as low as third grade, taking apart little engines, some little Honda engines, and putting them back together and actually starting them up. So it's really cool to see how we can inspire that and ignite that spark at a younger age. And hopefully these kids eventually can even be in our automotive program. That's, that's fantastic. How can people learn more about this program if they live in the area and they might want their children to be involved or they might get, want to get involved? Well, the, the easiest way to do it is probably talk to your school administrator, your principal, and see if the school is already involved to get your kid on the list because, as you can imagine, it's pretty popular. Mm-hmm. And the wait list has been pretty long. Another thing you can do, obviously, is contact World of Speed, just at worldofspeed.org. You can shoot us an email there. Just let us know, hey, you know, I'm really interested in this class, and we will see what we can do. We love to try to make things happen, and we'll, we'll try to work with you the best we can to get you involved in some way here at the museum. Absolutely. I'll remind our listeners, I'll put links to that on Lewis's show notes page on the Cars yeah! website, so you can click and get over there really quickly. All right, Lewis, if you were a car... What kind of car would Lewis be and why? You can probably guess my answer, (laughs) but it's a 65 candy apple red Mustang convertible. (laughs) We're back to that, huh? (laughs) Well, for me, at the time, it was a symbol of freedom and just fun. But now it just just makes me remember some really fun times. And yeah, I, I could... I would definitely live as that car. That would that would really be exciting for me. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I like it, Lewis. Well, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. What's the worst thing for your car's interior? No, it's not that milkshake the kid spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. Harmful UV rays cook your automobile's interior hour after hour when it's parked outside, even on a cloudy day. What's the solution? Covercraft sunscreens. They protect your dash, seats, and interior finishes from those damaging UV rays while keeping the interior temperature tolerable, even on the hottest summer days. No more painfully sizzling seats and steering wheels for you. They unfold quickly and easily install, stay where you put them, and are custom pattern for an exact fit. The foam core acts as a cooling insulator, and you can get yours in different colors and finishes, and they even fold up easily and store under your seat or on the floor. I've used Covercraft sunscreens for years, and they are a fast and easy solution that protect my beloved cars when they're not in the garage. Learn more and order yours at Covercraft.com. Want to protect your entire vehicle? Get a car cover from Covercraft. They have those too. That's Covercraft.com, and tell them Mark sent you. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, Lewis, we are back, and we're entering the last lap. This is where I fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So, here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? 
change your oil every 3,000 miles for three months. <laughs> yes. I tend to forget that. Anyway. Uh, my guest that was on the show just yesterday said the same thing, and I'll say it again. I just did that with my car, so uh, I'm keeping up with your great advice for sure. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your successes over the years? Never leave someone hanging, either email or phone. Always contact them back. Uh, communication. It is the key to yeah. every success in life, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Even if it's to say, I don't have an answer for you yet, but I'm working on it. It just, I, I hate it when people do that to me, and I always try to make sure they know, I'm working for you, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. We're trying to get somewhere. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, do you have a resource out there that you'd like to share with the listeners? Obviously, what you do is a massive resource for people, but is there another one you could share? Okay, this is going to be really weird, but Oriental Trading Company. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with them, yeah. <laughs> but it's the weirdest website where you can find all kinds of thematic things. We've purchased things there to give the kids just to kind of celebrate little milestones and victories in classes or for staff just to kind of perk your mood up, all kinds of weird stuff. So that's my little go-to for fun <laughs> fun stuff you want to share with people. You know, out of 838 people, you're the first one who's recommended that. So kudos to you. Because for uh... just weird answers, <laughs> me, you know? <laughs> you're unique. You're not weird. You're unique. Very unique. Yeah, like, like a cool classic car. Now, if you could have a drink with with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that person be? This one was a tough one until I really thought about it. Uh, we have an indie racer here. Um, he passed away in 1970s. His name was Art Pollard. Mm, yeah. And I, of course, never met him or anything, but we do a day celebrating Art Pollard every year, and I really enjoyed learning about him, his work with kids, how he really treated, especially kids with special needs to special days at the racetrack, brought them in, taught them, and I've really kind of uh, formed a real special bond with his daughter, learning more about him, learn, showing his memorabilia here, and just sharing his life with the community. So I, I would love to meet Art Pollard. That'd be a dream come true. Well, yeah, he was a USAC champion, and he raced Indy 500 yeah. like five times, I think, something like that. Yeah. He was originally from Utah, actually. My wife lived in Utah when yep. she was a little girl. So, yeah, very special guy. Wouldn't it be fun to uh, spend a little time around a table with him? Nice choice. First time that Art's been, uh, his name's come up, too, on that question. So I like that. Again, you continue on your unique vein here. <laughs> All right. How about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners should crack open and read? The Martian by Andy Weir. Oh, another first time book. Okay, I expect nonetheless. What is it about that book you like? Well, the book and I have a special bond because I bought it on my way out to Oregon. And I was out here for a loan for a long time. And I felt like the Martian. I was. <laughs> I felt like, if you've seen the movie, Matt Damon, I'm like, oh, I'm kind of alone out here. How am I going to survive? But I love the way it talks about approaching a problem step by step. Don't focus on everything all at once. Focus on the science. How can you make this happen, this happen, and eventually you'll get to where you go. And it's, it's entertaining, too, but I love that book for that fact. Uh, Oregon, Portland especially, is a very unique city, very different in its culture and the way things are done, especially coming from West Virginia. So I can say you might have felt a little bit like a Martian <laughs> visiting yeah, visiting yeah, that city. So for sure. Well, listeners, you can find all these great resources Lewis has shared on his show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Lewis Ferguson, F-U-R-G-U-S-O-N, and you will find his Page. All right, Lewis, we're up to the checkered flag. This is the fun one. I'm going to buy you any cool car on the planet today. Money's no object. Don't worry about that. I'm writing the check. What would that car be and why? <laughs> A 1965 Candy <laughs> <Andy Alvarez. laughs> 
<laughs> Mustang convertible. This is seriously, I know I keep going back to that, but it is my dream car. I mean, I would love to have that for so many different reasons, which I know I've already discussed. But yeah, I, I would love to have that car. And if money were no object, I would still go for that car. Wow. I forget the expensive this and that. I would I would go for that car every single time. Well, I appreciate that. You give me a little bit of a break because most of my guests are picking multi-million dollar cars that are unobtainable. Mustang, having built millions of those things, I'm sure we could find you a very cool 65 candy apple red Mustang with the top. What color do you want your interior just so I get the car right? Uh, black. Black. Okay. We'll make sure we do that yeah. for you. Ah, oh, very nice. I can see you cruising out to the coast there in that Mustang on a nice warm Can't summer you? day. I see me doing that all the time. Every day. One day it's going to happen. But <laughs> I have no doubt. Hopefully. I have no doubt. Yeah. Just uh, keep that dream in front of you all the time. Well, Lewis, you've taken me on a great ride today. I knew you would. I've really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey and what you do there. At the museum with me and the Cars Yow listeners, would you offer us one parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off to the coast in that 65 candy apple red Mustang convertible? Oh, dare to dream. Um, I guess I'm, I'm going to steal this from a, a famous phrase, just do it. That's my, um, just do it. If, if you think you can do it or you want to try it, do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good considering yeah. you're in Oregon there with that uh, famous shoe company that coined that, uh, that concept or that advertising that everybody's used ever since. So uh, somebody was brilliant there with just very few words. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about what you're doing there at the World of Speed Museum? Check out our website. Website, it's worldofspeed.org. Um, or you can call us, um, the number's on the website, and just ask questions, find out, explore a little bit, and learn a little bit more about what we do here at World of Speed. Absolutely. If you're anywhere in the Portland area, anytime in your life, you've got to check it out. Wilsonville is very close. Great place to go. Awesome museum. Beautiful part of the world. Well worth your time. And if you can't get there right away, I'll make sure I have links on Lewis's show notes page on the Cars Yeah website. Lewis, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to carsyeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!